Coming up on Talk is Cheap, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to look at the Aztec UFO crash of 1948. Known by others as the other Roswell. Up next on Talk is Cheap. You're not racist. Welcome to Talk is Cheap, ladies and gentlemen, where cheap is talk and talk is cheap. This is episode 152, and a big thanks to all those listening on the audio podcast, maybe the new home of Talk is Cheap. Shake your butt! And with me is Shake Your Butt. <laughs> uh, Dan's <laughs> giving me control of the, uh, of the, of the soundboard. That's, that's great. Right? Yeah, Which, it is. <laughs> it could awesome. be disaster. Yeah, Pete Hobleib here, Talk is Cheap. Nice to see ya. Yeah. Pretty good, huh? And I did actually dye the camera down on the wide shot. We look a little bit better. I must have adjusted it for my review out Dan, here, and it was messed up. Dan, you always look good, man. That's the thing. Look at you, just uh, just sporting mm, the coat bad. and the I think I'd bring the sport coat back. It's been a while, you know? Yeah. I've been yeah. using it for the last couple episodes yeah. now. So. Yeah, you're looking good, looking good. That's the whole goal. So today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, we are covering the Aztec UFO crash. This happened in 1948. This was suggested by Michael Landsman, my go-to man for topics. Michael, good job, man. There we go. So this is pretty big. Uh, a lot of this information I'm going to be talking about today, um, we're talking some of this stuff coming from Richard Dolan and Tracy Dolan. Uh, their video is going to be in the description. They've got the accounts from some of this came from the book Behind Flying Saucers, The Truth About the Aztec UFO Crash by Frank Scully. We also got Scott and Suzanne Ramsey, who did extensive research interviewing witnesses and documents. And they spent lots of money and even around $500,000 to uh, keep this research going, which is a hell, a hell of a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of money, Dan. To throw at this. All right, so let's start this bitch off here. So it's come to known as the other Roswell. Now you're talking, this is just a few months after the 1947 Roswell crash. And this... So the the, the UFOs had a really rough run in the late 40s, <laughs> man. I wonder why that was. Yeah, hmm. right. Well, radar invented, right? And uh, yep. nuclear testing. I love this. So allegedly a flying saucer crash in Aztec, New Mexico in March of 1948. This is about 12 miles northeast of Aztec. It was in the Heart Canyon Mesa, and it was supposed to be before 5 a.m. this happened. So New Mexico on top of it, two in New Mexico. That's that radar installation down and that's there, what yeah that's out. exactly what they say in here is that allegedly the radar has brought uh, them down. That, that's that that yeah. was 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 what supposedly pulled you know, put the, the Roswell crash down too. Awesome. Uh-huh. Cool. Cool. So coincidence, oh I think not. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty creepy coincidence. Man. So there's a lot of accounts here and there's actually a few different sides to the story. So I'm just going to give you a kind of a straight line run of it. And there might be some discrepancies. So some, or there, there is this account saying that two policemen seen this craft. They seen it wobbling, and then a rancher seen this craft go over his property, hit a cliff, and it kept going. He called Curlin Air Force Base, and that's what sent the army and shit out there. Now, some oil field workers went to check this out because they actually had oil rigs in the area, 
Ah, okay. And yeah. then they thought maybe one of them was burning, and it's like, oh shit, we better get out there and yeah, fix right? this. I would, I would do the same. So uh, these guys were about between 18 and 19 years old. And, well, they're probably a little bit more mature back then. <laughs> yeah, you know, in 47, 18, and 19-year-olds were definitely uh, much more manly than our 18 and 19-year-olds uh, today. That means I'm a lady with lots of facial hair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, so this crash had 16 humanoid Ooh. bodies, dark brownish skin. They looked charred or burned now these were from three to three and a half feet tall that that lines up with the roswell account too there that that the height yeah but there's an issue because these weren't grays well if they were which is interesting because there's actually we're going to look at some pictures and these pictures are going to show that they're grays so there's two different counts one count saying that they're grays and one well isn't. think about it though if you're subjected to fire and and smoke and ash you know uh that could char your body think of a nice uh smoke yeah that's chicken where, yeah for, that's where they're saying the char probably came from was the um the fire yeah right which would change but then the, again i think that it would change the color of the skin that doesn't make sense because in the well we'll get into it okay, but okay. the inside was kind of preserved um, the clothing they wore was dark blue tight form fitting. We always hear form fitting clothing on them. There was no insignia on the clothes and people described them as childlike beings. Mm-hmm. They had perfect teeth, which oh, is interesting, it, which you don't hear a ton about the teeth on aliens. Do you? You do not. So if there no. were grays, that's not right. Yeah. And, uh, and do we recall Dan, the Roswell crash? Has anybody made any count of clothing they were wearing at all? I, I don't. It doesn't. I think they might have said it was tight gray. Okay. Clothing. Yeah. I, I. It doesn't jump out at me as is something that I, I really recall that that the Roswell uh, crash talked about clothing. But maybe I. You know. I forget all sorts. There wasn't of stuff much information with the Roswell crash, and that was the problem. Here mm-hmm. we got a lot more witnesses. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when you start stacking the wit- witnesses up, um, that's a that's a good thing. So this whole craft, after it was all said and done, it was recovered by the military and it was taken yes. to an unnamed yeah, research surprise, lab. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> To be studied. Uh, military told witnesses to never speak about this again. Uh, proper protocol there, you know? All fake. The craft itself, this is very interesting, was 99.9 feet in diameter. Not 199.9. Interesting. It was the largest UFO to date. It measured 18 feet tall. It had a dome on top, dome on the bottom. And again, and it housed 16 uh, beings in it, which yeah. is more than Roswell as well. Yeah, would they say four in Roswell? I think four or five, yeah. And not it, 16, not anywhere near 16. It was alleged to have come from Venus. And we've heard of the Venetians before. Yes, we have. And one of the accounts is interesting because they said they've how seen... How did they know it came from Venus? That's the thing. It's like, how much do these witnesses know? Do they... Did they... Some guys like, oh, I bet you it about, came from Venus, and then suddenly it came from Venus, you know? Yeah. There's... There, well, there could be a lot dug into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But That's again, taken out of context. You've got a lot of stories here. One guy claimed to have seen CDs, and this is interesting to me, CDs like uh, your DVDs or your, your audio CDs that we used to use, which we don't use anymore, really. Yeah, which, which is weird. Why would right? aliens have CDs? Yeah, that's what really strikes me, because we're going all solid state. Um, you know, maybe uh, just the radiation in space messes with digital or something, right? Man, yeah, that's, I don't know. 
wouldn't that affect their uh, navigation? You'd think, right? I, I, you know, I would think that our International Space Station is running on digital and GPS and stuff by now, right? <sighs> yeah, I think it's all... That's interesting, but but if, if true, I would like to see some some like old documents from 47, 48 that talks about these, you know, cylindrical, you know, discs. I mean, to the, the, the term compact disc didn't come around for decades after this, right? So I, anyway. Yeah, this was so, before we knew what CDs were. Yeah, and so maybe so, the, yes. the CD, and I'll air quote it, maybe that it was a completely different uh, mechanism or, or tool or yeah, it could have been equipment, anything. right? Yeah. yeah, it could have been that's the gyroscopic balancers or well, yeah, you know, who knows, point. right? Yeah. It, it, you know, yeah, it's real good. It doesn't point. necessarily need to contain uh, data on it. So let's look at some of these pictures. I'll bring them yes, on screen here. Yes, please do. Um, this is the good stuff. So I got man. these from Richard Dolan's presentation. I'm, again, I'm linking that video in the description if you want to watch it. He put these on screen. This drawing was by Michael Schratt. Heart Canyon. Yep. So we got the whole craft here, and it's showing the top view of it. And then we also got the side view here down below. Again, Your the, standard UFO, right? I yeah. mean, there's nothing out of the ordinary. Dome on top. It's got the portholes, all that stuff. And then we have a more of a, a little more illustrated one here. And this is yeah, the, like a computer generated model of the, of the craft. This is supposed to be the oil riggers looking inside of it. Oh, so they climbed right on top of yeah, it. Yeah. Cause and, like, again, back then, like they didn't know about really the whole alien thing. It, it was more of a curiosity yeah. Where yeah. now, if like we see a crash UFO, we're gonna be like, okay, there could be aliens on there, whatever. They we've were seen, thinking, we've seen enough movies to know that bad stuff could come <laughs> out of that, so we're gonna give it some. Room. They were actually thinking like, uh, this could be one of our military things, and they're looking to see, make sure everybody's all right on that right? plane crash or whatever the hell they thought it could have been. So we got yeah, because that. We're, we are fresh off of World War II, right? And if you remember, uh, the Nazis allegedly had disc flying discs they were testing flying discs both america and the nazis were testing flying discs back then too so this is a fire pole they took and um poked like a, it through the yeah, glass pike pole yeah okay because remember now they're oil riggers they're they're they got to put fires out they're gonna have like a fire pole and stuff yeah 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 to do pike this. poles and, all, and just even to to handle the, the the stuff they got okay so i'm gonna just stop here and what alien craft that travels in in space has a glass dome you can a human can poke a stick through man. we don't know what kind of force they use to poke those through i mean like or, or yeah right or or when it's operating need, there's some sort of protective shield around it right some sort of you know plasma bubble or something when it's when it's functioning properly and not crashed yeah. right well you you're talking about if you're in space you're going to have issues with so you're not um Issues of stuff flying into the glass. Is that what you're saying? Well, in it just space? in general, like, I mean, there, there's like, you know, for, for a couple of oil riggers to take a pike pole and just be like, hey, what's this? And then punch it through. But you got to uh, think, too, though, that spacecrafts can have a, like a field around them. Yeah, that, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Was there some sort of energy field or something that would protect it when it was operating and fired up, right? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, so and they, I, need a, they need a hole to look out. Yeah, you need something going. to look out. Yeah, you need something, right? You know, or 
or are there, you know, like microscopic cameras? Who, who knows? We're, we're, we're speculating. Okay, so, so allegedly with, with this, uh, they had this fire pole they stuck through. This is what happened where they were able to stick that in there and they jammed and they hit some, uh, like a, a button or a lever that actually opened up the staircase and so you can really? get into it. Like they jimmied it like a, a coat hanger <laughs> on a car that you've locked your keys in. Yeah, that'd be, and you don't like this is alien, so it's like you really don't know what the hell you. God, that's pretty hitting, balls. You know? just start poking, <laughs> poking in there, but you know, back then, why not, right? Oh my goodness! Now this, you would think that this is part of the same one, but I guess this was the other side of the story where uh, the police officers there looking through the window and that they hit a tree branch. Yeah. So this is a. Is it a? Or would that police officer see the pike pole, thinking it was a tree branch? You know, the, I don't know, man. There's this is this is the problem. It, it, the, the stories don't line up. But Dan, I'm going to say that if you have uh, some sort of event and you witness uh, and you have 50 witnesses and you interview those 50 witnesses, there will be 50 different accounts to the story. That's true. You know, variations. Yep. And and uh, and think of it too. I'm you're a police officer in 1948. And you look in this craft's window and you see dead alien bodies, do you think that your mind and your body is functioning normally? No, you've got adrenaline <laughs> going through. You've got all this crazy stuff. Uh, you know, and when was War of the Worlds? I, I, I got to wonder, <clears throat> if you were never exposed to aliens, the idea of aliens, you know, a lot of these people weren't, what would your first reaction be? I don't, I don't know if it would be necessarily fear. We get that because the movies, it's like, because it's an unknown, but I think, I don't know, I think a lot more people in the older days were more grounded and would have been all right with it. In 1898, the book War of the Worlds came out. Okay, yeah, but how many in people? In 1897. How many people actually read it? So. It, was, it was published in hard, hardcover in 1898. So I, I'm just saying, in, in before 1900, War of the Worlds, the idea of, of flying saucers was already out there. Uh, when did it? When well, that's right. And then show? I'm trying to think of when the, what's his name did that broadcast on the audio, uh, where the worlds, it was, uh, wasn't it Orson Welles? Yeah, it was Orson Welles. And I'm, I'm trying to think. Ah, the French champagne. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson. 1938. So this is 10 years after the radio show of, of okay. War of the Worlds, which caused like a national pandemic, yeah, man. Okay. You know? All right, I'll give you that. So, okay. So, so I would say that, you know, not everybody, but the concept was out there. Okay. So anyway, I apologize. Okay. So we got another one here of the interior. Again, illustration. This is one, this one's done by Tom Bogan. Uh, again, future alien style interface. Uh, touch surface here for controls. You know, and that's what's really interesting here. This isn't the cheesy 1940s, 1950s alien space stuff you saw in the <laughs> movies, right? With the 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 big uh, uh, compartments Boxes. on the wall with lights flashing, yeah. you know, and like little, yeah, right. No, this is like pretty uh, state of the art stuff. Space. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th this is this is pretty state of the art stuff by by 1948, but even by our own comparison, today's comparison. And then, 
Yeah. So basically, yeah, it was a nice. It comes with the hieroglyphs on dome the walls. Yeah, the hieroglyphs are here is what is what's important because they'll draw your attention to this. And we got a close up here. These were actually floating off the wall. So holographic. Yeah. So um, that makes sense. And we're getting there. Yeah. 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 Actually, uh, I I. I I know that we're very, very close. I guess this was actually... Look at the dude peeking in the window. That's too funny. I guess this was actually kind of, from what I told, like pretty accurate of what the account was. So like... Uh, of course, the hieroglyphs we're seeing here in this illustration are probably not the hieroglyphs that I'm guessing they're pretty appear. similar. Because from what I understood, what this, is this was pretty close. Again, you'd have to have kind of a photographic memory if... Because obviously, yeah, yeah, there wasn't like not everybody had a cell phone or a camera. So why is it that the futuristic aliens have hieroglyphs and we as a species on this planet have, you know, for thousands of years gone away from that? We're going back. It's called emojis. Oh, <laughs> mind blown, Dan. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. And then it'll just carry on. And we'll lose our language. So that'll be it. You think of text speak, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> dude, 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 dude. I need to find the right button to push here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, I love this. So here's a shot of the when they're laying, taking the bodies out. Now we got the, the police sheriffs here. We have the military. Dragon the, and the priest. To get, the priest a, yeah, the priest story here is interesting because rights. what the priest did was he was in the area. He saw these people gathering up there. Mm -hmm. He actually just drove up there on his own. He so, just saw yeah, it. He was like, what's going on? He drive, drove up there. He's like, is there anything I can do? And I believe it was one of the police sheriffs that said, yeah, you can. We we need to get Jesus involved here. Yeah, man. it was more and, about like say a prayer for these bodies. Yeah, is what it yeah, was. and protect us from the the hell that may be re released on us. Right. Yeah, I could. So see that. yeah, they got the the uh, uh, blankets laid out and they're laying the bodies on them. And uh, right here, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten. 11. They show right eleven. Just did a real quick count. Yeah, I got 11. Okay. And then we're, yeah, there's supposed to be 16 total. So there's well, still it's more. A, it's a computer generated illustration done decades later. Well, so. there's probably still some in the craft. Yeah. So this is just showing as we go through. Um, and uh, okay. So let's get back to. I, I don't want to jump ahead, but did, did you were you able to find any like newspaper articles or other like file footage of wreckage or anything like that? Like uh, at Roswell, we have the guy holding the, you know, the weather balloon and stuff, but. I'm going to show one thing that's on the FBI website. We'll talk about that. But uh, as far as more like evidence, like Scott and Susan Ramsey, the ones that spent 500000 mm -hmm. they used to have a website, but now it's not there anymore. So what? I don't know why they wouldn't have just paid the whatever 30 bucks a year if they spent $500,000. what's her name? You would assume Scott and Susan Ramsey. Scott R-A-M-S-Y. S-Y. That you would have think that that website would have been about an archive of yeah, all this stuff, right, and they right. did a lot of it. And he was obsessed with this crash, and you can still he does videos. That he actually he Richard Dolan interviewed him, and I was listening oh, to him cool. on there. So, all right. So after the crash, it was taken to Los Alamos laboratories there in New Mexico, and then later rumored to go to Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. 
Funny how Wright Patterson keeps coming up in our conversations with it's aliens and UFOs. One spot, isn't number it? one spot to work, man. Yeah, I guess so. I wonder if they need a safety guy. <laughs> you just want to sneak into yeah. Hangar 18 there yeah, and yeah. hopefully not get in trouble. So what gives this whole story kind of a bad taste? There's more evidence I want to get into yet. We will. So hang on, guys. But I want to talk about the hoax side of this. Um, in the late 1940s and the early 50s, you had... Silas Newton and Leo Gibar. Now they were selling devices known as doodle bugs and they claimed these devices could find oil, gas, and gold. Mm. And claiming they recovered this from this alien crash. They charged a doodle eight, bug? A doodle bug. Okay. I wish I could show you a picture, but I tried looking and I couldn't really get like, oh, this is a doodle bug. So they were charging eighteen thousand five hundred for a tuner, and I think about it way back then, that's a lot of money. Oh, God, that's a pile of money. But this could actually be bought at a surplus store for around three fifty at the time. J.P. Kahn of the San Francisco Chronicle asked for a piece, and then it actually turned out to be ordinary aluminum. So this is what gave it the bad taste is because you yeah. got these two guys doing this. So a lot of people, when they heard about this crash, they wrote it off because of this. Yeah, you know, Dan, you and I have for many, many, uh, for a long time, always looked to see where the people are trying to profit from it, right? Yeah. And and that takes away from some of their credibility. And here, here's a good, if they're, if they're charging 18 grand for, for something you can get for four bucks at a surplus store, okay. Eesh. But if you spent a half million of your own money, right? You know? So I want to go ahead and show the... Google Maps here of where this crash took place. So again, I'll back out here. So we got Aztec. Let me go to the regular map so it's a little bit better. Ooh, they're still doing uh, events. Uh, Contact in the Desert in 2017, Scott Susan Ramsey. Contact in the Desert this year? 2017. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. Okay. Ooh, it's an audio book too, FYI. Oh, yeah, I thought about getting that one. Got Aztec here, UFO crash up here. Let's go ahead and zoom in on it, get the satellite view, bring it down. Now. Oh, this might be interesting, huh? Let's see here. Where is that spot? Okay, I see it already. Um, let's go 3D. So we can see we're on a cliff here. Yeah. Uh, this, there's actually a, they put this alien head thing here. People did just for the hell of yeah, it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Out of rock. That's actually right here. Oh, you can see it. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy, huh? That's awesome, dude. Um, so Scott and Susan Ramsey actually put a plaque up there. Okay, it says, recovered at Hart Canyon. On or about this site on March 25th, 1948, a spacecraft of... Origins unknown crasher landed on this mesa. It is alleged the Los Alamos radar station in nearby El Vano, New Mexico, tracked the errant landing to the site. A high security recovery operation led by the Air Force and 5th Army Division was responsible for the removal of this craft. The recovery operation took approximately two weeks with all remains being taken to Los Alamos Laboratory for scientific study and evaluation by some of the world's leading scientists. Later, it was rumored to have been taken to Wright-Patterson Wright Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. 
The recovery of this craft by the U.S. government and military, one of the world's most secretive recoveries of this spacecraft with origins unknown since similar recoveries in Roswell, New Mexico, eight months earlier. The spacecraft was approximately 100 feet in diameter and 18 feet tall. It was one of the most intact crafts that the government had recovered at that time. Sadly, all occupants, as many as 16, died as a result of this crash, making the full disclosure of both purpose and origin all but impossible. And again, it just says the plaque's been put here to commemorate this crash. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. And welcome back to Talk is Cheap on the K2D4 network. So, um, yeah, there's one thing here with the, also with the Aztec. I, when I searched, this came up. So they actually have, like, if, if you go to the city of Aztec, I suppose there's, um, oh, you can go see the crash yeah, here. And they're they give gonna, you the directions. Gonna, just like Roswell, they're going <laughs> to cash in on the, the publicity and the tourism, right? Is there any, like, did you come across any sort of, uh, you know, ground disturbance pictures or anything like that? There's an interesting thing here I want to talk about, but I want to, I guess we'll just get to it. Yeah, so the road, this was older. Yeah. This was from one of, this was from one of um, Scott Ramsey's uh, um, lectures. Yeah, that looks like a, like an original photo there, and man. That, yeah, because uh, I don't. I looked on the radar. Well, or excuse me, the uh, GPS, uh, Google Maps. There, there you go. You got it. And you know what? I've been the one drinking, Dan. So, you know that's awesome. Um, Dude, isn't Google Maps nuts? There's not really any like. I'm wondering if this dot is exactly where they think it was because they obviously have the 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 statue back here farther. And I can't really tell where the plaque is. By the way, but there's a biking trail right here. Yeah, I can see some trails going that through. That goes the through there. You know, back then too, the government could have come out with bulldozers and just smoothed that's it what all they, out. That's what that's uh, what they said they did when they made this, because there was no reason for them to actually have a road there, going up there. So they they made a it road. Actually, it actually just looped back around anyway. Because they made a road to get to the site, and then of course, so they cover could extract it, it. Now let's talk about the extracting part. See, go back to that. Go back to that Google thing. You see in that lower right there. Uh, go down to the right from the the red the red pin there, and you see all of that there. You know that to me is is peculiar. That's a little bit. Uh, you see how it's all light colored. Looks almost like eroded and stuff there. The bike trail kind of goes through that. Yeah, it just it just looks a little out of place, doesn't it? to you the well, discoloration like that potentially that could have been an area where they they smooth stuff over I, they, I they were know. talking about on the podcast too that i can't see it here but the, Boy, that, the trees were planted more kind of in a row instead of sporadically but i don't see what she was talking about yeah i don't i don't quite either but let's get to one of the oh, yeah. big okay, things here um this so when they got up there there was a footing for a crane. Now, when you have a crane, you were going to lift something up. You got the two uh, stabilizers yeah, on the yeah, side. Yeah. And I guess what they were saying was that uh, the, the, the ground was so like silty and it couldn't hold anything that they had to pour these Th- That the, the craft was so heavy, right, that, that they too. needed footings to, to lift it. This is one, one of them still there. 
well, that's just weird. And this why is why they... it gives kind of credence to this yeah, whole story. Yeah, right. What the heck? Why would somebody go up there and just pour concrete there? So this is one meter by one meter by nine inches thick. There's rebar in there. Okay. Is there? Uh, I wonder if there's breaker underneath it or anything. And allegedly, there was, I think, two or four. I think two, but there's only one left up there. So it raises questions. Why do such a shitty job on cleanup and leave it there? It also raises One, questions of why pour that that there in the first place, Dan, you're, right? You're, yeah, you're getting to a point because of the, with Ramsey's uh, investigation, one of the people said that was there for the oil rigs because to cap the hole after they were done. So what he did is he went up there, and I think you can kind of well, maybe see it or not, but uh, he drew a, uh, drilled a core sample out of it. Mm-hmm. And if I guess if it would have been oil backed up with it, you would have got a hell of a, a pressure release there. Well, but I would have think that you would have seen the, the original hole. One of the most interesting things, I think. So now we've got to go back and talk about some of the witnesses, which helps this case. They got police officers that talked about it. Mm-hmm. Retired Air Force officer. One of the, so he said he wasn't at the site, but he did personnel reports with people that were involved. He was based at Walker Field. He claimed in his interview that concrete footers had to be poured due to an access road that had to be cut was silty and would not support any heavy crane leg that was to be used to lift. Interesting, because, you know, you think about sand and, and desert being pretty hard and compact, right? If you think of sand, though, that's kind of squishy. Yeah, you, some can be. Yeah, it depends. It depends. It, but, but yeah, that, that's. I don't know. I don't buy that. That's necessarily a capped oil hole. You'd think you'd see other remnants. To me, that's the most interesting thing out of this whole case. Again, other witnesses. Again, we're talking about the oil riggers that had interviews. Yeah, the minister who blabbed a lot about this. He wasn't supposed to, but he did. Well, yeah, because he's he's governed by a higher authority than the U.S. <laughs> government. Um, and Fred Reed, he did the cleanup and he thought it was actually a plane crash, but he later found out that it was a UFO crash. He was assigned to clean up the gr- uh, the garbage, like the cigarette butts, all that stuff, yeah, wrappers yeah. that they left behind when they were working there for two weeks. Boy, oh boy, I bet you he would have found some little, nice little trinkets that they missed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, back to that first, and why would you bother cleaning it up? I wonder back to that first graphic. I want to talk about this cause this is really interesting on how this worked. It's this UFO split into three pieces. Um, apparently they just either found a button or it actually just came apart smoothly like this. Like in perfect thirds. Yeah. It's three. So three parts. Then you got your, the, the middle dome part that they all well, think about it for out. manufacturing purposes. That's a pretty efficient way to do it because you have one machine to make a third of each of the disc and you just bolt it together. Yeah, basically. but if you're thinking about aliens, wouldn't you just uh, print it in whole, you know? Now, now that we've got, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. Now that we're, we're looking at technology that we have, you'd think aliens have much more, uh, much better technology where they just have a machine, they hit a button, it grabs the carbon from the air that's floating around and makes the I craft. guess it's the Venetians. They probably weren't that great. <laughs> well, you know, where are they now, right? So, yeah, you got that. The thirds, throw it on the flatbed truck, lift it up there, use the, 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 the pourings to do that. 
and voila, I get the hell out of there. One person, I didn't have the picture, but there's a there's a claim out there that uh, he they got a picture of the um, a structure like a a lifting structure for the because remember like some sort of gantry or, or or mobile crane unit or something like a part of a like a, a foundation that they built to move it over. Let's watch this video. I'm gonna, this yeah, is um, go for it, man. Um, from the derelict epistle. The derelict epistle. I want to give him credit here. He went out there. This is an older video. It was actually uploaded in 2010. Good for him. But you can tell it's four by three. Kind of doing his own like investigation thing. He knows a lot about it. So Venus. Oh, he's out there. The military site. arrived that afternoon. And they secured the area in a two mile radius around this supposed crash site. Ooh. To recover the flying saucer, they built this secret road that comes up here to this concrete slab. They built this as a footing for a large crane to pick up the flying saucer, which was about 200 yards that way. It's dramatic pan shot. This is the supposed crash site. And when the military got out here, it, there's okay, the alien investigated right. this craft. They oh, found that there? it was 99.99 feet wide. Not 100 feet, 99.99. And there was no bolts or rivets of any kind in it. But the Venusians did have portholes in it so they could see into outer space when they were traveling here. One of these portholes was cracked. So the military broke the rest of it out. Reached inside and luckily found a knob. Okay. And they turned that knob and it well, opened a secret door did, that let them into your, the spacecraft. Your, your version of the story. Yeah. Inside the. So he said it was uh, broke already. Yeah. That's yep. interesting. Yeah, and which would make sense that if it was already broke, you could Stick remember when I said, "Hey, if you're trying to put a pike pole through this stuff." Uh, interesting though that they'd put a footing for a crane for to pick up an object 200 yards away. That's 600 feet. And I that think is a long ways for a crane to grab to, to need feet, a footing. So two football fields. Two football fields. That's an awful long ways for a footing. I would to pick like up to think crane. about. Yeah, but I was talking about that structure, and they might have built another metal thing to lift it up there and bring it back over but to the road. But maybe it was maybe it was so bad that they it doesn't of, look that bad there that they could have just made the road go through there. But. Yeah, yeah, right. And and think of a football stadium, Dan. You you ever been to a football stadium? No. Okay. Have <laughs> you ever been to a baseball stadium? No. Oh, my God. I've been outside of one, I guess, Trevin, on the okay. highway. So a football stadium <laughs> is pretty big, right? You know, yeah, and a big. football field is 100, 100, 100 yards. yards. So double that. Think of the size of that crane. I personally can't picture a crane that I know of that would reach that. I mean, that, that is a huge... Remember, take remember. Up the whole hey. skyline. The crane was used to put it on the truck. Yeah. So you could still park something down there with wheels. Drag it. Drag, drag it over yeah, you the could crane. Drag it over. Uh, yeah, you could okay, do okay, yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, all right, all right. They all found right. 14 to 16 humanoid bodies that were charred to a dark brown. They were 36 to 42 inches tall, and there's two versions of what they physically looked like. Either they looked exactly like humans... Only, had, only they had perfect teeth, or 
they had no blood, but instead had a fluid inside of them that smelled like ozone, and they were gray, had no digestive tracts, but they still had perfect teeth. That's weird. Now this flying saucer was made of metal that couldn't be cut with a 10,000 degree cutting torch. And it had no rivets, no seams in it, but still the military somehow managed to cut an 18 foot control cabin out of it. And they looked inside of this control cabin and there were push buttons and levers and that sort of thing and it was written in some kind of hieroglyphics. They also found Hero. a control manual basically in a Dialect. book form coated with plastic that was also written in these hieroglyphics. I will stop okay, there. okay. You lost me with push buttons and levers, man. Well, we got to think about uh, the the um, language back then too, and, like, and how they would describe yeah. something that they that they you didn't understand. You saw there's a, a thing with lights on. All oh, those push buttons over there. Yeah, right. Know, okay, yeah, but if it's if it's truly push buttons and lever, I kind of you know. Okay. Interest. I'm. I'm. I'm intrigued thus far, though, Dan. I. I know. I. I seem to to sit here and, and poo poo at every chance I get, but I'm very intrigued by this. Okay, we'll look at the um. This. Okay, this is on the FBI's website. This is a memo from. Ooh, this is what I kind of wanted to see. Guy here, hotel man. to. Uh, the director. J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> Slipped my mind for a while. That's three. It says. Okay, an investigation for Air Forces stated that the three so-called flying saucers had been recovered in New Mexico. This is 1950, okay, so two years later. They were described as being circular in shape with raised centers, approximately 50 feet in diameter. Each one was occupied by three bodies of human shape, but only three feet tall dressed in metallic clothing of very fine texture. Each body was bandaged in a manner similar to the black blackout suits used by speed flyers, speed flyer and that pilots. Okay, okay, okay. So is this referring to this crash or well, that's the, Roswell the thing. That's, crash? Yeah, that's the thing. Um, a lot of people think that this is proof that this is part of this crash and it's not. It's 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 really generalized. Well, and I don't really care, man. Look at look at this document. An investigator for the Air Force said they found three flying saucers, man. I don't care if this happened in Canada or Timbuktu. That's crazy, man. There's a rumor that this was actually they got some of this. I think this was to throw people off that they just got this from the hoax part of the people from the papers. Like somebody even way back then made this up to make it look official. Where, where I'm did, not saying the document's not official, but like if you if an FBI has to do an investigation on something, you're going to draw paperwork. So if somebody's claim, oh, there's UFOs over there, or a sheriff says that, and then they have to investigate, that's going to draw paperwork. Yeah, but the Air Force investigator said that three saucers were recovered. Right, but they're saying that investigator. Yeah, I don't know. It, I'm just telling you the spin. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is what it is. Oh, but man, oh man. If this is a real document. This document's real. It's on the FBI website. Is it? Yeah, it's right here on FBI. Oh, no, excuse me. It's 
vault.fbi.gov. And it's on okay. there. So. Yeah, I don't care what crash they were talking about. Stated, the, the, an investigator for the Air Force stated that three so-called flying saucers had been recovered in New Mexico. That is not saying that this FBI investigator said that the locals said this happened or that allegedly this happened. He said it happened. Right. I'll, I had this... What's interesting is this it's is all happening. <laughs> that's right, it's all happening. What's interesting is this is actually on the CIA website here. They got UFOs factor fiction and they got all this stuff you can go through. I mean But to have that even on the CIA website and stuff, not that the CIA is great or anything, but and these are documents. Go, go too. back. Go back to the original. Okay, is that top five CIA documents for skeptics? This is not the CIA website. This is CIA. Yes, it's CIA.gov. And Why I, would the CIA <laughs> have documents for skeptics out there or for believers? Yeah, the, I'm, yeah, you're saying the way it's worded. Why yeah, have two yeah, yeah. That, that seems I think this, way, is, this could be that part. That seems way too like, are we sure is it the CIA? Okay, post is April 1st, 2020. Oh, there you go. So this is probably part of the initiative to start disclosing this. No, You know what April 1st is? April Fool's. <laughs> you don't think the CIA would purposely put April Fool's on their website, though? Uh, click on the tips for investigating flying saucers. Establish a group. Determine the objectives. Consult with experts. That's pretty good tips. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. Or this is, is this being CIA? on there? Is that how they cover their tracks? So right, put, yeah. Yeah, you put put it on plain sight, put April 1st on there. I don't know. Anytime you see the April 1st date. Yeah, I, I, I get, know what you're saying, yeah. but I don't. I can't see an official government website doing that. NASA did, wasn't it? Wait, the uh, Army did with the teleportation Yeah, yeah it was the Army, wasn't it? Yeah, we did that one. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever. I guess it's uh, like God this is why this it. is why it's so hard to figure anything out because and, of this and the crap. thing to your point though they put this out there on April Fools they give you all the information you need. Was this April Fools in 1950 when they did this memorandum? When was this? No, March 22nd. Okay, we got that. So eight out. days before, <laughs> nine days before. Wait, uh, yeah, nine days. <laughs> All right. Oh my God, that interesting, Dan, and I just that whole April one thing, and uh, I want to. I'm going to totally check out that website and look into it. The the CIA one, even I don't care April first or not, but <laughs> we're going to look at it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Oh, uh, again, if up. you have a topic suggestion, please put it down in the description below. We Wild can, women. We can uh, get our uh, database back up. Kind of running a little low here. Um, if you want to call us and leave a voicemail. Really simple. Pick up the phone, dial 1256 510 5234, 1256 510 K2D4, and you can uh, say anything. We'll play it. The wild women. You could say we suck, I suppose. I'd play it for fun, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we've, we've had our certain, uh, you know, certainly our, our share of detractors. So. Oh, hell no. Oh, wait, you got a, you got a <laughs> thing over there, too? I thought, here, I thought I was the one in all control. I just uh, bypassed you. Oh, uh, well, that, that Dan is the, the master, so I'll take that. All right. Later, guys. Talk is cheap.